It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 15th, 2019. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You of course follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll put a bow on Summer League review uh, some of the players that interested us uh, before the Summer League and certainly some of the players that interest us after the Summer League and what course of action I think the Magic should take with some of those players uh, now that the Summer League is officially over. We'll get to all that coming up on today's episode. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering your line, no magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you find here on Locked On Magic from local experts who know their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the, the Russell Westbrook trade? Locked On Rockets spoke with Matt Moore of the Action Network to get his thoughts on the Rockets edition of Russell Westbrook. Plus, don't forget, you can also check out the Thunder Perspective with Locked On Thunder and all the other teams that could care about that, like Locked On Heat or Locked On Lakers or Locked On whoever. There's a Locked On NBA podcast for every single team, plus Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball to get you ready uh, for the NBA for the rest of the NBA offseason and catch you up on what's going on with every single team. Again, you can find all these podcasts on Locked On Podcasts. I work to search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Don't forget to check out the NFL, MLB, and college podcasts too. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic wrapped up their summer league run with a, a, a really nice, solid, I, I thought, win over the Chicago Bulls. A 95-83 or 85-73 victory over the Bulls in the consolation round. They'll finish the Summer League at 2-3 if record matters. Uh, But overall, I have to say, this was a Summer League that kind of lost a lot of interest quickly. After Mo Bamba was was done for the Summer League, after his stint was over, there really wasn't, I guess, a whole lot to get invested in with this group, with with uh, with this team. There weren't any rookies that we know are going to be rotation players and, and, and figure into this team's future. There were some nice players that certainly could get runs in, in the second unit or as two-way contracts, but it wasn't, it wasn't a summer league that featured a lot of high-end talent. 
Um, I don't think any of us expected the Magic to win the Summer League. Not that that matters. Uh, but it wasn't a Summer League that you could pick like, oh, there are like three or four players here that could turn into rotation players. So on one hand, it, it was a disappointing Summer League in that sense. But on the other hand, I do think that this team and this group played hard. They, they, they got out, they, they tried to do things the right way, and this baby didn't have the overall talent. I would say this too, that there were several players that I looked at that I was really interested in seeing that didn't quite step up to the plate, that didn't quite reach the level that I think we all wanted them to reach, or, or at least I wanted them to reach to, to make an impact and make an NBA impression. And, and the fact of the matter is, the number of players that I can sit here and say, I'm interested to see more of that guy was relatively few. And whether that makes this a successful summer league or not, I don't know. But there were definitely a few players that that caught my eye on the Magic roster. And we're going to focus solely on the Magic roster. The few players, of course, around the league that I'm sure the Magic were looking at as well. But we keep, we're, we'll keep our focus on the, on the players that were wearing a Magic jersey in Las Vegas. And obviously, the place to start is Mo Bamba. Mo played only one game and 15 minutes in that game before the Magic sort of shut, didn't sort of, the Magic shut him down. A joke that Mo is, is playfully playing on social media at the moment. Mo played that first game, his first organized basketball game since late January, and looked really, really, really impressive. Maybe that's too many reallys, but. He looked really good. I said entering the Summer League that the real goal with Mo Bamba was that he looked like he would was the best player on the floor or that he was among the best players on the floor. And honestly, he was clearly the best player on the Magic. He clearly made an impact in the game. And to me, that's all you want to see from a rookie, from a sophomore player, that they understand how to play an NBA game, how to make an impact, and how to have that impact felt in these kind of settings. Mo Bamba did all that. So to me, successful summer league for Mo Bamba. I was very happy with what I saw from him. And honestly, even if he didn't get injured and the Magic decided to shut him down, I would have said, okay, I saw all that I needed to see from him too. In that one game, in that lone game that he played, Mo was running the floor really, really well. I thought that that was his offense was ahead of his defense, which I think was a surprising thing that we learned last year, but was nonetheless true. His he was running the floor extremely well and finishing around the basket. He did display that added strength. I think the Spurs tried to come at him physically, and he held his own. Doesn't mean he still doesn't have a long way to go and doesn't have a lot of work to do, especially with his lower body. But he was willing to mix things up and establish and fight for post position, and, and I think that's really good. He was hitting his jumper consistently. And so I would say offensively, he definitely looked like he took another step. You know, when you're, when, you've in, when you're injured, really all you can work on sometimes is your offense. And so I think he took another step offensively. Defensively, you can, that's where you, I think you see the lack of strength apparent. He grabbed only two rebounds. His, his timing with, his, with the glass wasn't particularly good. And you could still kind of see him thinking and processing. I think he'd be jumped to try and go for a lot of blocks too often, which is essentially where we left him the last time we saw him in January. And so 
I would say that the fact that Mo is about where we left him in January, considering how long he's been out, is a good sign. I, I took that as a positive sign. Okay, he's right back where we left him. He didn't lose any ground. Of course, now comes the next part, and that's adding two things, and who knows? If he would have played a second game, maybe he would have looked a little bit better, but he was putting some pieces together. There's a timing and a rhythm of a game that you have to get down, and Mo Bamba hasn't played a game since late January. And so I think there were a lot of things that were really impressive about Mo that you know, would have been something that he could build on. And I think, again, that's the most important thing, is he has something that he can build on and continue growing with. And so I was fairly pleased with Mo. Um, you know, there's certainly some things that he could have done better and, you know, certainly some things that I think he wanted to see. But in just one game, I think we saw a lot. I think we saw um, a, a lot that he can build on, that the Magic can build on. And honestly, that's what's most important at this point. So, that was the big storyline, was Mo Bamba. What did he look like? How did he play? And where did the Magic go next with him? I, I think it's far from guaranteed that he's the backup center. I think the Magic will try and play him as the backup center. They'll, they'll lean his way. But he's going to have to earn everything again, too. And I think we know that he'll put in the work to do it because he's already put in a lot of work and looked pretty good in the summer league run. Would have been nice to see him in a second game, of course, but I I like to remind everyone, practices are just as important as games in these summer leagues. The the teams see you a lot more in practice than they do in these games. And so in that sense, I think we can agree that Mo kind of did his job and did a pretty good job at it. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So what about the other notable names uh, at Summer League? What about some of the other guys that played well? Um, Emil Jefferson, I think, was very clearly, the uh, after Mobamba, the best player on the team, averaging 16.4 points per game, 9.6 rebounds per game. But as I've kind of noted throughout the Summer League, it, it, it's a lot of stuff that we know he can do already. He didn't really elevate his game or take himself to a new level. And the Magic obviously had a roster, had a roster crunch at that position. And Emil Jefferson should not be taking a two-way contract from the Magic. In fact, I would argue on Emil's behalf, he should not be taking a two-way contract anywhere. He should be on an NBA roster. That doesn't mean the Magic should be the ones to give him that NBA roster spot. I don't think they were. I don't think they are, and I think they made the right decision. But Emil Jefferson has proven beyond a doubt that he is too good for the G League, too good for Summer League, 
and he needs to find a more permanent NBA home. In that sense, yes, this was a good summer league for Emil Jefferson because he has continued to prove that he is one of the best guys not on an NBA roster, or at least within the NBA orbit. Now it's about finding that right home. And, you know, Magic even plenty of opportunity to showcase himself. He played all five games and played them pretty well. So I think uh, a lot for Emil Jefferson to be happy about, even though his future looks a little more uncertain. Another guy of note was Eric McCree, a West Orange alum, has had a cup of coffee with the Utah Jazz, you know, bounced around college, a few colleges, but um, he is a gifted scorer. And I think those first two games, we saw just how gifted of a scorer he can be. When he is motivated, he is a great attacker at the rim, but that's not the role he's going to play in the NBA. And that was always the issue with him, is what can he do off the ball? What can he do when he's not trying to dr- drive and attack off the dribble? And those questions were left very much unanswered. The Magic eventually kind of moved him off out of the rotation, and and he eventually stopped playing. He only played three. He played. He started two games, came off the bench for limited minutes in the third, and then didn't play the final two games. Averaged 12 points per game, shot 43% from the floor. So he did okay. I, I think he, he certainly looked really good, um, but he might find that his best role is still in Europe, where he can average 17 points per game and be one of the main guys. And that's not what he's going to get in the NBA. He's he's just not efficient enough. He's not good. He's not strong enough. He's not good enough. Um, I think to, to to play that role, and he's got to find a way to redefine and mold his game, and especially become a better three point shooter and spot up shooter. There are a lot of other players that I thought could have made an impact on this team. I was disappointed to see how little Peter Joke played. Um, the the former Iowa and Northern Arizona Suns uh, guard. Really gifted scorer. He's played really, really well in the G League. Um, didn't get a lot of run in Summer League. Maybe that's the Magic trying to hide him a little bit. But um, when he did play, his shot just would not go down. And it, it just did not look good. Um, you know, I don't think that... I, I think the Magic put him in a role that, that would be what he would play in Orlando. And, and I don't think he performed particularly well. Another guy I think that, that the Magic wanted to see play well. And a guy that I think still has a good chance of getting a two-way contract. But did not perform well in the summer league and, and I think kind of continued some of the struggles that he had in the G League as well as some of the struggles that he had last year in summer league was Brian Angelo-Rodas. Um, Angelo-Rodas was an Exhibit 10 guy for the Magic last year. He went to training camp, so the Magic do like him. He played for Lakeland last year. He is, he's got a great reputation as a shooter. Um, and he can hit threes. I mean, we saw him hit a few in, in summer league. But the reputation uh, of him as a shooter is not as effective, I think, as as uh, as as the actual results of his shooting. I've not been impressed with his three-point marksmanship uh, in the time that he's been with the Magic, and even with Lakeland, I think he really struggled. I, I, I think the Magic do like him. He's he's an, he's a willing defender. He's a, a capable defender, um, but without that three-point shooting piece, I, I think it's really tough to justify uh, keeping Brian Angelo Rodas around. I mean, the numbers. That the reputation certainly is there, but the numbers don't lie, and and I think he's he struggled to shoot three pointers a little bit more than I think they would have anticipated, and certainly more than they want, considering that that that's kind of his main skill, that's kind of his NBA calling card skill. Um, I was not impressed with Brian Angelo Rodas. Um, I want him to do well. I, I think his story is fat, his story is incredible, um, and and he's he's obviously a pretty gifted player. I mean, he 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 left uh, he left uh, the G League team after Lakeland season end. 
and it played a played a quick season in South played a quick uh, season in South America and was like the it was like the league MVP or the finals MVP uh, for his team. So he's he's certainly capable of playing. He's certainly capable of playing at a, a decently high level, but we haven't seen it at this NBA level. And I think again that's that's the ultimate crucible. Um, uh, I think one of the big struggles for the Magic throughout the summer league was they couldn't establish a solid point guard. Uh, Jeremiah Hill uh, and uh, uh, Abdul Ghadi uh, kind of split the point guard duties as the starters. Both struggled. Um, you know, I think uh, Jeremiah Hill had, was really streaky. He had one game where he hit a lot of threes and then had another game where he missed all five of his threes. Um, you know, neither one really got the Magic into their into their offense. And, and I think that uh, one of the problems that like, the, the, the Orlando Magic Summer League team had was, you know, unless they were defending well and getting out in transition... They really didn't have much flow to their offense. Um, you know, I, I don't. I, I think you know. You look at that first game against San Antonio, and and they just romped. Um, you know, I think Bamba had a lot to do with that. Bamba demanded a lot of attention, and they played really, really well. Um, but then they turned to the next game against uh, against Denver, and the offense was just stuck in the mud. They couldn't get anything going, and a lot of it was just creation from Eric McCree, um, that Quan Jeffries, who we'll talk about here in a moment. Um, had to create some stuff, uh, and, and and it was just a struggle. So this this Magic Summer League team suffered from a lack of, of solid point guard play. And, you know, honestly, I would have liked to see them play B.J. Taylor a little bit. I, I don't think B.J. Taylor is necessarily an NBA guy. I think he'd be really, I think he'd be fine in Lake in Lakeland or in the G League. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that's where he ends up. Um, but I, I, I don't think... The Magic really got themselves going uh, with with the uh, from the point guard position, and, and that's a familiar refrain, I know. Uh, but I think that that hampered a little bit of what they wanted to do offensively. Defensively, I thought Orlando was generally pretty good throughout the week. Um, you know, again with with some issues that you expect in summer league. Um, but I, I thought that 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 lack of point guard really hurt them. Uh, just, just no one really emerged. Um, you know, Abdul Ghadi was very unimpressive to me. I, I, I noticed Jeremiah Hill a lot more than him, and and I, you know, I might be confusing Jeremiah Hill with someone, someone else on the team as well. So, um, I, I think that's that's something. Uh, one guy though, and and I will admit some bias. Um, there, I'll admit bias on both these guys actually, even though one's already uh, agreed to sign with the Belgian team, uh, by by some reports. Um, one guy though that I would look at as an Exhibit Ten guy, and I do, ex- I. I I'm beginning to suspect, again, don't have confirmation, but I, I would suspect that he will end up uh, in camp uh, as an Exhibit 10 contract guy, and, and that's Vic Law. Um, I was, you know, I'm a Northwestern guy. I've watched Vic Law for the last five or six years, uh, and, and he was at Northwestern for five years. Um, I, I, I was a bit surprised that the Magic featured him as much as they did. He got pretty meaningful bench minutes through the first two games of the summer league. Um, he sat for the third game, sat for the fourth game, and played a little bit in the fifth game, didn't play a lot. Um, but I, you know, I've I've said that that Vic Law has the athleticism and the body you want for the NBA and does a lot of the things that the teams really, really like, and it's just a question of whether he can make shots or not. Um, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well this summer league, but I thought that he put himself in good positions to, to be available for shots. I thought he had attacked really well in transition. Um, uh, he made himself present in the in these games, um, uh, and I think that that was a really good sign for him. Um, I'm not saying give him a two way contract. I don't think he's a two way contract guy yet. 
I, I think that he is a strong candidate to get an Exhibit 10, end up in Lakeland for the year, see how he develops. Uh, a Laws always had some injury issues, um, nagging injuries, not the same ish, injury issues. Um, so give him a chance to, to get a little bit healthy, to, to be in, an, in, in a pro environment, and see where he's at next year because he's a really talented player. He's a four-star athlete coming out of high school. Uh, was a big part of Northwestern's uh, teams over his, over his time. Great defender. Uh, when he gets hot as a three-point shooter, he is a really good three-point shooter. Um, just injuries kind of kept him from getting a good rhythm all the time at Northwestern. Um, I really liked how he played. I don't think it was perfect by any means, and I don't think the Magic should give him a two-way contract. But uh, I think that he was someone that was really, really impressive. And another guy that I thought really accorded himself well uh, was his Northwestern teammate, Derek Parton. Uh, Pardon has reportedly agreed to a deal with a team in Belgium, so congratulations to him. Um, I thought that he, again, acquitted himself very, very well. You could tell that lack of size and mobility hurt him a little bit, but you know he did a good job gobbling up rebounds when they were in his area, um, and I think that he, uh, he did a good job when he was given the chance in the post to try and create some opportunities for himself. Um, you know, there's a reason these guys play when they do. Uh, you know, there is a little bit of a depth chart order. Um, and I thought Orlando was very strange and how tight they kept the rotations. I mean, B.J. Taylor and Chad Brown, both of them deserved a longer look than they got. Uh, they were they only played, I think, five minutes total the entire week, um, which I think is, you know, frankly, a little bit unfair to them. Uh, they, they are good players. I, I, I don't think the Magic should be giving out contracts or giving out these opportunities to guys that, you know, uh, on nostalgia alone. Uh, I think both Taylor and Brown are capable of having... Uh, potential, maybe not NBA careers, but certainly pro careers, and and you know I think that I think I'd like to see Chad Brown maybe get a get a little bit of run with the G League team because I I think his energy is is a good thing, um you know even the, even though he doesn't have a lot lot to his offensive game and you know BJ Taylor we know is a gifted scorer and a gifted playmaker uh, off the dribble and I think you know giving him a chance would would have been good and and I, I was really disappointed to see the Magic not give them real opportunities or significant opportunities um, in this summer league. And, and that's part of the problem with summer league is you do got to balance all of that. You know, you need bodies for practice as much as you need bodies for games. But, you know, these are all job auditions and I would have liked to see them get a little bit more time in games to, to showcase what they can do because, you know, these are this is their career as well. So, uh, you know, again, you could kind of tell by, by the guys I'm talking about that there wasn't a lot that stood out. But there was one player that I can say unequivocally should get an opportunity with the Orlando Magic next year, and that's Daquan Jeffries. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When the Orlando Magic Summer League team was put together, Daquan Jeffries' name stood out immediately. To many, Daquan Jeffries was one of the two or three top guys that weren't drafted in the NBA draft. A lot of people really, really liked him, and in fact, even during uh, Sunday's semifinal game between the Brooklyn Nets and Minnesota Timberwolves, Mark Jones and Fran Fraschilla were talking about Daquan Jeffries. He had a really good summer league, and I, I think that I think we can say that definitively. He averaged 13.2 points per game, shot 
42% from, from the field, showcased some of his shooting ability, which is still in development, but he shot the ball really well. He displayed some of the athleticism. I wouldn't call it top-end athleticism, but but he got himself going downhill and, and got toward the basket with a head of steam. He could get up. We all, I mean, I, we all saw that massive dunk that he threw down on Chandler Hutchison in the game against the Bulls. That started with a steal. And to me, what really made Daquan Jeffries stand out in this summer league was not the scoring, which was solid throughout the week. It's not the three-point shooting, which was good. It was the little things. It was being in the right spot on offense to receive a pass, to, to be open, making the right decision there. It was defensively chasing down, blo- chasing down players in transition to get blocks. He had a few of those. Defending at a respectable level. You know, really giving it his all on the defensive end. Jeffries said he was going to play with a chip on his shoulder, and he certainly did that. He made his presence felt and presence known throughout the playoff, throughout the playoff, throughout the summer league run. You knew when he was on the floor, and generally he was doing good things. I, I don't think he took away from the team at all, and that's not to say that many players did. I mean, Emil Jefferson did a lot of good things too. So there's you know there's differences in how we evaluate these guys. So at the very least. I would say Daquan Jeffries has earned a second look. At the very least, Daquan Jeffries should be getting a two-way contract. And in fact, I can say that very firmly, that I believe Daquan Jeffries should get a two-way contract from the Orlando Magic. I saw enough at Summer League of a guy who's going to play hard, do the right thing, support the team, not need the ball in his hands a lot. And, and you know, as, as Josh Robbins of The Athletic revealed in his profile of Daquan, that, that he hasn't really played guard very much. This is a guy who was really kind of a, a, a small power forward for much of his basketball career, got switched to guard and is really catching up on the skills that he needs. And if that's the case, he looks really good for someone who's new to the position. Now, that's not to say Jeffries was perfect. His three-point shooting definitely needs to continue to improve. Um, I wouldn't call him a top-end defensive player, um, but you know when he's motivated, when he when he is playing at a, at a high level, he's certainly very good. While uh, you know he was a dunk champion, is is really gifted athlete. I think it takes him a while to get that athleticism going. I don't think it's something that he can. I don't think it's a lot of kind of like fast twitch muscles. I think when he's got a head of steam behind him, the athleticism comes out. When he doesn't. It's not quite there. He's not beaten anyone off the dribble. He's not beaten anyone major off the dribble. So we're talking about a guy still at the end of the bench. We're talking about a guy who's on a two-way contract playing in the G League. At least at this point, that's, that's how I feel about him. But like I said, Summer League is as much about finding guys that pique your interest, that say, I want to see a little bit more of that guy. I'm curious to know a little bit more about him. Emil Jefferson had a really good summer league. But it was a lot of things I already know about him. And so like I said, he needs to go find some place where he can play in the NBA because it's not going to be with the Magic. Taquan Jeffries, I want to know a little bit more about him. 
I don't know his game completely. I don't know what he can bring this team or what he can do in a kind of higher level setting in the G League. So I want to know more about him. I want to see more of him. And that's a successful summer league for a player like Daquan Jeffries. And I think the Magic will give him that opportunity. By all accounts, he has already signed some agreement to enter training camp with the Magic. It's not particularly clear what it is. There was a report about it uh, shortly after the draft. Uh, Rick Camilla on the NBA TV broadcast on Saturday noted that he already had a training camp invite, already had a contract. Certainly not a fully guaranteed roster spot. And in fact, I don't anticipate the Magic will offer that. I I suspect that they're going to sign two two two-way guys and then sometime in January convert one of those two-way contracts into a full contract for the rest of the season uh, so that they can, you know, stay under the luxury tax. I think that's probably the smart play at this point. Daquan Jeffries is probably going to be that guy, though. Um, And and I think that he was, at least among the non-already rostered players, the the, the players who are kind of new to the team, new to the organization, he was the guy that clearly stood out. And again, the guy you want to see more of. I want to see more Daquan Jeffries. I want to learn, learn a little bit more about him and see where he develops next. And that's a successful summer league. That's a successful summer league acquisition. And we'll see where that ends up. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. Follow podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We've got our... Uh, NBA summer or Orlando Magic summer league grade. So definitely check out the check out my thoughts on where several players, including the ones we talked about here, uh, how I graded them out for their summer league performance. Um, we'll be kind of scaling back and easing off the throttle here a little bit um, as we enter the dead part of the summer. Um, you know, uh, I, I will review what's kind of left on the calendar, but the next big thing on the calendar is the FIBA World Cup at the end of August. That's going to kind of lead us directly into the season. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what to expect from the FIBA World Cup once, uh, so once some of those rosters are solidified. I am expecting Nikola Vucevic to play for Montenegro, Evan Fournier to play for France, and Alfaruk Aminu to play for Nigeria. Aaron Gordon should be playing for Team USA, but what you going to do about that? Um, so we'll, we'll have some basketball to talk about, but things are going to go quiet here for a little while. We may scale back. The number of episodes per week, I've kind of been on summer schedule for a little while anyway, uh, so just be on the, on a heads up for that. We'll find plenty more to talk about, though, I am sure. But that'll do it for Summer League. That'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.